Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. so good to be with you guys. I was really hoping to get to hang with you uh, in your new location today. I still haven't had a chance to see it, but I'm honored to be here, and I know this was a big week for uh, Pastor Aaron. Pastor Aaron, it's his birthday week. Come on, he just turned 40. Come on, give Pastor Aaron some love in the comments. Say happy happy birthday, Pastor Aaron. Give him some hearts. Give him some thumbs. Let him know how much you love and appreciate him, and so part of that is he asked me if I'd come in and be a part of this series you guys are in, Uphill Habits. So as Aaron mentioned, um, you may have met my wife, Mindy, a few months back. She had the opportunity to come in and share a message called Finding Strength, which is also the title of the first book that she's published. And so I've got a picture behind me. If you haven't met uh, my, my family before, this is us. We have four uh, amazing children, most days, and some days they're for sale. So we can talk about that after the live feed if, if you're interested. And this is my beautiful wife, Mindy, and she is now with child. And so we are expecting our fifth child. And uh, our youngest, who's Isabella, is now actually almost eight years old. And so we're kind of hitting the reset button and starting this parenting thing all over again. But man, Mindy's pretty amazing. And in and, and our church, typically when I'm preaching, uh, I hear chants off in the distance like, we want Mindy, we want Mindy. And when she, when she makes jokes, everyone laughs. When I make jokes, everyone boos, give us Mindy. And so I've made it, um, I think it's only fair that when I have the opportunity to be on camera in front of those that already love her, to share my favorite moment that I've ever had with my lovely wife. And not only do I get to share it with you, but I've actually been able to share this with millions of people all over the world. Let's take a look. Get my face in the face of an animal. 
babysitter for the day, 60 bucks. Dinner in Amish country, 100 bucks. But to have Steve Harvey make you sound like the voice of reason in your family, come on guys, that's what? Priceless, come on. So, But uh, again, I'm honored to be here to get to hang out with the Simple Church family for the morning. And uh, I know Pastor Aaron is in this series called Uphill Habits. And I've been having a chance to, to talk with him about this series and, and, and see, his, uh, see his notes over the last couple weeks. I know we're talking about most people have uphill hopes and downhill habits. That if we want to begin to position our life, and our hopes just can't be up here, but we have to begin to put some disciplines in our life and some habits in our life that are going to support the life that we truly want to live. Uh, the theme scripture uh, for this series is Romans 12, chapter 2 in the message translation. And if I could get your help, if, if you guys follow along, if you guys want to take a look at the screen, or if you're if some good note takers, I mean, you can just write Romans 12, 2 in the comments so people who are watching can reference that no matter when they jump in. Help me out if you can. It says this. It says, fix your attention on God. You know, you'll be, ready, you'll be changed from the inside out. Isn't that so important? So often we focus on the, the, the external, but God wants to change us from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it, right? Don't wait around. Quit putting it off to another year. Just quickly respond to it. Now, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you. God brings out the best in us. And what does he do? He develops well-formed maturity in you. Now, that word maturity, go ahead, wherever you're at, say maturity. That's an important word. What does it mean to be mature, to be a mature Christian? Here's what I think it means to be a mature Christian is that you know what is right. Now, now this idea of knowing what's right is kind of a personal, it's a perspective thing. It's based on our experience. It's based on the presuppositions in which we live our life like. So I'm not talking about being mature in the, in, the, in the way of knowing what's right in your eyes, but it's doing and knowing what's right in God's eyes. And that's living in right alignment with God. That's living a righteous life, right? Now it talks about, go back to that scripture, this is talking about just maturity, but it says well-formed maturity. Can you bring that slide back up? We, have, we want well-formed maturity. And so I believe a, a, a mature Christian has to have well-formed habits. Would you agree with that? That we have to put some disciplines in our life that align with what is righteous and right in the eyes of God. If you'd agree with that, go ahead and say amen. So the first habit that you guys covered was this. It was focus on what I do first. Habit number one, focus on what I do first. Pastor Aaron talked about the principle of the first and, and how we spend the first of our day, how we spend the first of our week, the things that we prioritize in the first of our year, like 21 days of prayer, what we do with the first fruits of our income and our resources. And here's what he shared is that how we handle the first things has the power to bless the rest of the things 
in our life, and that's really important. Habit number two was we need to learn how to control my thoughts. And Pastor Aaron talked about the importance of our thoughts. And here's what I know, is that the most powerful thought, right, that our life is constantly moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So we have to learn how to control our thoughts. Before we get into habit number three today, I just want to pause here for a minute. Uh, because this scripture, as I, as I study it with from Paul, he talks about how we have to learn how to take captive negative thoughts. You guys remember that from week two? We have to take captive negative thoughts and we have to make them obedient to Christ. Meaning that we have to conform our thoughts into the image of Christ. Now, when I think of that, it reminds me of my favorite a video game growing up. All right, my favorite video game growing up was Street Fighter. Have you guys ever played the game Street Fighter before? Go ahead, let, let me know in the comments. Now for me, I was playing it on Sega Genesis. That dates me a little bit. And if you were a fan of Street Fighter, who was your favorite character? Let, let, let me know in the comments. Who did you always pick when you were playing? There was lots of good guys to choose from. But my favorite was always this guy named Ryu. Do you remember Ryu? Ryu See, Ryu's finishing move, I'm going to perform it for you because he was my guy. He'd be, come on, he'd be ready for you. And for that finishing blow, he'd give you an uppercut. He'd say, Haruken! You know what I'm talking about? And so I literally do this. This is how I keep myself by controlling my thoughts. It's if I find my mind wandering off on the negative thoughts, thing, focusing on the things of this world and not the things of eternity, I literally will out loud in my home go, Haruken! And I'll be like, that is not what I should be thinking about. And my kids look at me really weird, and people at Starbucks look at me really weird, but I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get the right uphill habits in my life and control my thoughts. And today, we're talking about habit number three, which is we need to keep my life aligned with my purpose. It's about getting our life in line with God's purpose for our life. To kind of set this uh, habit up today, I want to share with you something that the Air Force teaches its cadets. They teach their cadets this principle called one degree off. And what they tell them is this, there's some science behind it. For every single degree that you fly off course, you will miss your target landing spot by 92 feet, okay? And as you continue to do the math, that means for every 60 miles that you fly, if you're just one degree up, you're gonna miss your landing target by one mile. Now, I want you to imagine this, right? When we're talking about nautical degrees, a circle is 360 degrees, right? There's a lot of degrees. So to be off by just 1%, to be off by just one degree, seems like a really, really small amount to be off. But here's the reality. The longer that we fly off course, the further and further we get away from our intended target. You know, if we start at the equator and we would fly around the earth just one degree off, by the time we got back around, we would be off course by over 500 miles. Now, does this matter? Well, for me, if I'm gonna be flying to, let's say, LA for a, a little vacation, and I leave from Columbus and have to go several thousand miles, here's what I believe. <clears throat> Do we need any help, guys? You okay? All right, cool. And I love Facebook Live. I mean, you guys are getting like the behind the scenes look into church, and this is pretty awesome. 
But you know what? If I'm trying to get from Columbus to LA, that one degree makes a difference. It makes a difference in this. It's either me getting to my hotel on time and getting myself in a seat by the pool with an umbrella drink and enjoying life, or ending up 40 miles out in the Pacific Ocean and using my seat as a flotation device. Are you with me? Like one degree matters. Now, I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about everything that you do, everything that's important to you. And is it possible that you could be just one degree off in some of the most important areas of your life? Could you just be one degree off in your relationships? Could you be one degree off in terms of your finances? Could you be a few degrees off when it comes to parenting or ministry or your career or your purpose? And here's, you know, and here's the thing that we need to understand is that if we're off by just a little, even just one degree, it may not make a difference in the short term. But eventually, the longer that you go, you begin to get further and further and further away from your intended target. So by the time you get to the end of 2019, if we're just a few degrees off, we're gonna look at our life and say, man, I thought I was heading in the right direction. I thought I was doing what was right for, for my family. I thought I was doing what was right in the eyes of God. But because I was just a few degrees off, I get to the end of the year and I totally missed the target. So why is this important? What's the tension here? I believe this, that our life is too short to remain off course. Do you agree with that, church? If you do, let us know in the comments that this life is just way too short to allow ourselves to remain off course. James wrote this in James chapter 4. He said, he said, your life is like a morning fog. It's here, it's, it's here a little while and then it's gone, right? Your life is like a morning. It's here for a little while, and then it's gone. Uh, the the um, Emily Dickinson, a famous poet, she wrote this in one of her poems. She says, the fact that it will never come again is what makes this life so sweet. So what's this life in terms of, in comparison to eternity? It is short, and it is sweet. So how do we make the most of it? And what if we are just a few degrees off and how we're living our life. How do we get back on course? And that's the habit that we want to master today. And so if we're going to get back in the habit of aligning our life, what are we aligning our life to? Come on, what is the North Star? What are we trying to anchor our life on? Well, the first thing that we have to anchor our life on is Christ. Scripture says that we have to be connected to the vine if we want to bear fruit in this life, that we have to anchor ourselves in a relationship with Jesus Christ and to pursue and to strive for righteousness. See, righteousness means to be in right alignment with God. It means that we do everything that we can. We do our absolute best to live our life according to God's scriptures, according to his divine instructions. And when we do that, here's what happens, is we'll find ourselves right in the center of God's sovereign will for our life. That's his will for all of us, to read the scriptures, to live our life according to him. And it's when we live in the center of God's sovereign will, when the center of his will, that we will find God's personal will for our life, or what we call our purpose. That's how we discover and determine what our purpose is. You might be thinking, man, I don't, I don't know what my purpose is. I mean, I hear that word in church, or, and I see people posting on social media about living their purpose, but I'm not sure that I truly know my purpose. Do I even have a purpose? 
Well, the scripture talks about this. Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. He says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good what? What are we going to do? Help me out, God. Work. God created us to do good work. Now, some of you, some of your ideas of living the dream is doing nothing. It's like sitting by the pool doing nothing. And, and you know what? Moments of rest and vacation are great. But God didn't create us to, he didn't save us to sit around and eat bonbons waiting on heaven. No, God created us for good works. That's what he prepared us for. And he prepared them in advance for us to do them. Here's what I believe. That God created you on purpose with a purpose. Right? He shaped you to serve him. He uniquely made you for ministry. That God wasn't messing around when he created you. You have a purpose. Do you agree with that, church? Come on, put your hands together. If you agree that we all have an important purpose to live. We also read this in Psalm 139, verse 16. It says this, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. That God has written a book that has your life already preordained. That God had a purpose prepared for you before you even showed up on the scene. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, man, my life is a mess. There's no way that the creator of the universe <laughs> wrote my story to go this way. If he did, he's a bad author. <laughs> like, this is not a very good story. Like, this should be published in the tabloids. Are you with me? And here's the reality. You might be thinking, man, some of, some of what I'm going through couldn't be of God. And you know what? You might be right. It's possible that we can write a few chapters into our story that were never meant to be there. It was possible that there were some there were some stories that were meant to be written in our the book of our life that we skipped over or we missed out on because of our decisions. But here's the good news. See, God has the divine ability. No matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, that if we'll draw a line in the sand, come on, if we'll turn our hearts to him, that he can end our story the way he originally wrote it to be. Amen? You believe that? Absolutely. That's where I found myself at age 20. And I'm 33 today, and for the first 20 years of my life, I lived life my way. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't really know who God was. I was living for myself. And man, I was making a name for myself. And I'll be honest, for the first 20 years, it was actually working out pretty good. From the outside looking in, man, things looked great. I was captain of my football team. I was a straight-A student in college. Right? I was the president of my fraternity. Now, only a few hundred people are watching, but between you and me, the way they determine who's the president is who can do the longest cake stand. Are you with me? Okay, so it's nothing really to be too proud of. I was their fearless leader. But there came a place in my life that all the accolades, all the successes, everything on the football field, everything in the parties that, that I thought were important, of living for me, it was just leaving an empty, gaping hole in my life. And everything that I tried to stuff wasn't satisfying. And so I made a decision that I was done doing life my way. And I was ready to start living for God. And what's amazing is even though I skipped some chapters that he, that he probably wrote earlier in my life, even though I added some chapters that I know weren't God's best plan and story for my life, the moment I turned my heart to him, he could end my story the way that he ordained it to be because he prepared a purpose for me. He created me on purpose with the purpose, and he created you the same way. 
So how did I get to that place when I was 20? But my life was a few degrees off. My priorities were out of whack. I thought I was headed in the right direction, but one day I woke up and said, man, this isn't what I thought life would be. This isn't where I wanted to be. And I had to realign my life back to Christ. I had to realign my life back to my purpose. Is that good news or what? That God allows us to recalibrate our life, to realign our life back to him. So how are we going to master this habit? How are we going to get our life back in the center of our purpose? The first thing that we have to do is we have to decide what's important. Okay? Now, I've been talking a lot, so I think you guys need a quick little, quick little story. Um, man, there's this guy who was, uh, he always dreamed to go to the Super Bowl with his wife. I know we got the Super Bowl coming up in a couple weeks, and this was his team. And, and man, so he bought the tickets. Now, when the Super Bowl finally came around, unfortunately, um, his late wife, was no longer with him. But he went to the game and he says, man, this was my dream to come. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna enjoy it. And so he's sitting there and everyone around him, it's a sold out stadium. Everyone around him is just packed in, cheering on their team. And at first the guys around him see there's an, open, an empty seat. And at first they didn't think much because, oh, he might just be you know, getting some food or maybe they're coming in a little late. But by the time the second quarter came around, they finally nudged the guy and said, hey man, why is there an empty seat beside you? Is that person ever coming? And he looked at him and says, no, that, you know, I, I, I bought that seat for my late wife. It was always our dream to come and see the Super Bowl, but she couldn't be here with me today. So I said, man, that's, that's really special that you would honor your wife in that way. But, but did you know that these tickets were like $2,000, right? I mean, you could have sold the ticket and, or, or maybe you could have just invited someone from her family to come sit in her seat in her honor. And he said, yeah, I thought of that, but... They were all at the funeral today, so they couldn't make it. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think his uh, priorities were a little out of whack? <laughs> do, we, do we think that that husband really knew what was important? Yeah, probably not. And so what we got to do? Man, we got to realign our life by deciding what's truly important. Jesus gives us a model for that. He says this in Matthew 6, 33. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things will be added unto you. All right, he says, seek first the kingdom of God. Now, if Jesus tells us there's something that we should seek first, here's what it insinuates, and here's what I think we can all gain from this, and then there's probably something we should seek second, and then there's something we should seek third and fourth and fifth, and our God is a God of order, and God wants us to order our life based on what's most important. That's really, really important. Now, we all have different priorities. For instance, my, my buddy Aaron, I don't know where it is on his list, but he spent all week at the Magi Fest conference or convention. And I know that part of his life is performing uh, magic. And so maybe, maybe magic is like the number seven priority on Aaron's list. Now for me, my number seven priority might be the Cleveland Browns. Now they're very different, although my Browns could use a little magic if, are you, if you're with me, okay? But even though our number sevens are very different, here's what I know about Aaron, is that our number ones are the same. It's to seek God, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that we're going to align our life, and what's most important is our relationship with God. Paul writes it this way in Colossians uh, chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. We're going to read in the message. It says, look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. 
see things from his perspective, right? We need to keep our focus on this thing. It also says this. It says, don't get absorbed with the things that are right in front of you, but look up. How often do we get absorbed with the things that are right in front of our face, right? So often, and I think you can agree with this, the urgent things in our lives, come on, they take priority over the important things, and that's not how it was intended to be. We can't allow the, the, the screens of the urgency to get in front of what's most important, but we have to set our sights on the things that are most important, begin to realign our life. The second thing, the second way that we're going to master this habit, we're going to decide what's important, and then we're going to schedule important things, right? Your life will never change until you change the things you do every day, right? Your life's never going to change until you begin to reorder and to change some things about your life. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. It's time to get some uphill habits in our life, but they won't become a priority unless we put some calendar time to it, unless we begin to schedule it. You know, this is something that I think we all struggle with because the demands, everything's pulling us in so many different directions. Here's what I recommend that you do, is you come up with in 2019, man, what is your ideal schedule? Not, man, not, don't, don't get so caught up with reality and man, no, the reality is, is you know, you can't plan because things come out of this way and there's so many, the schools are pulling me in this direction and my work, it's unpredictable. If, if the universe would align for you for, for one week, what would be your ideal week? What would you do first? What, how much time would you spend with your wife? How much time would you spend with your kids? How much time would you spend in God's word? When would you do it? What if you built your ideal schedule for just one week and said, man, if it was ideal, I would spend my time this way. And what you'll begin to do is you'll notice that you'll begin to prioritize the important things in your life. I praise God that, that, that many and I prioritized our marriage 10 years ago. We've been married um, 11 and a half years, and we've always pursued each other, and we've always had a great relationship. But I believe the thing that has helped us the most, more than any other thing, next to our relationship with Christ, the practical thing that we've done is we've been in the habit of dating each other every single week for 10 years. We don't miss a week of dating, that we prioritize what's important, that we spend time away from the kids, away from work, just being in love with each other and being present. And I'm telling you, in 10 years, I can count on one hand the weeks that we missed a date. But there's never been a two-week period in the, in the history of our marriage that we haven't dated each other, that we haven't spent time. Why? Because it's important. God's, God, God, conjoined, God put us together for a reason. We need to invest in that relationship. And just like that, man, we have to schedule time with our kids. On my ideal week, I have I have what I call special time. I get I get special time with each kid, something that's important to them. I let them I let them dictate, man, what they want to do with daddy, and I just get quality time with them. As you begin to as you begin to plan out your ideal week, you begin to also think about your ideal year and your ideal rhythms. You know, for me, um, something that that I just recently implemented was actually honoring a Sabbath. You know. Go on, raise your hand on Facebook if you actually set aside one full day every single week that you take off, you're not productive, you spend time with God and you get refreshed, right? Go ahead, and if that's you, polish your halo because many of us, we struggle to do that. In fact, up until two years ago, I was working two jobs, working for the government, pastoring a church, raising four kids, 
involved in the community, coaching my kids in sport, and I was just pulled so thin. And I use this excuse of, man, God, I'm serving you. I'm serving your people. I'm just, I'm just giving it my best effort that I can. I'm giving you everything that I have. And in January of 2017, during 21 days of prayer, I was seeking God for a word that would be the guide and the theme for my life. And the word that he gave me was Sabbath. And he took me to a scripture in Ezekiel 2020. And it convicted me to the place of change where I wanted to put this habit in my life. It said, it says, honor the Sabbath, keep them holy, make it, make it be a sign between us so that you will know that I am your Lord. I am the Lord your God. And I realized in that moment that literally there was one commandment that I was intentionally disobeying. And here's the worst part. I was okay with it. I thought, man, this, this just can't be. What do I need to do? I need to prioritize my time with God. God created us in his image. I mean, he created the earth in six days and then rested on the seventh. If God had to rest on the seventh, I should probably rest too. What did I have to do, though? I had to rearrange my whole life in order to make that happen. But I prioritized it. I scheduled the important things. See, I've been having it right with my wife for a while, but, man, I had it wrong with God for a long, long time. But, man, as I begin to get the right priorities in, in place, here's what's cool. God totally blessed that decision. Well, I was working two jobs, but after I decided to put God first and honor the Sabbath, the church grew to the place where it was financially able to bring me on full time. I was able to leave my day job and spend more time on the ministry with my family and be able to rest. And what was so cool is that it said, man, if you'll honor the Sabbath, come on, it'll be a sign between us. And then you will know that I am God. See, so often we say that we just don't have time for the important things. But if we will put God to the test, come on, if we will. He will show us that he is the Lord, our God. He can make a way where there seems to be no way. We have to schedule the important things in our life. And lastly, as we master this habit is this, is that we have to eliminate the non-essentials, right? Decide what's important, schedule the important things, and eliminate the non-essentials. But to eliminate those things that are keeping us one or two degrees off course, the things that are sending us what seems like in the right direction, but we're not really going to hit the target because there's some non-essentials that we have to trim from our life. And the writer of Hebrews in chapter 12 says, Come on, let us throw off everything that hinders. Come on, let us throw off everything that hinders so that we can run the race with perseverance that was marked out for us. God has a race already marked out for you. Come on, let's not let anything get in the way of us. So what are we going to do? What does that mean? We've got to eliminate some non-essentials. So where are my list builders? If you're on here and you want to just go ahead and get honest in church today, so yeah, man, I have to build a list. I have to check it twice. I need that box to check off to feel productive. And that's okay. God, God gave you a gift of that, of organization. Now, if you're, if you're a list builder, I'm going to challenge you with this this week. I want you to make a list of things that you're not going to do. What are the things that you can trim from your life so that you can focus on what's most important? I'm not going to binge watch Netflix this week. Come on. I'm, I'm not going to spend hours and hours scrolling Facebook. I'm not going to allow the pressures of, of my kids' sports and everything to pull me in so many directions, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decide what's important, schedule things important, and then begin to just trim and eliminate the things that are hindering me 
course. And to some of us, that thing that's hindering us is a substance. Why? Because we've got to this place where we we are finding comfort and stuff. We're finding comfort in food. We're finding comfort in alcohol. We're finding comfort in stuff. When really the only thing that, that we should find comfort in, the only thing that should compel us, the only thing that should find comfort in is the Holy Spirit. We have to trim those things and remove them from our life. And when we do that, what are we doing? We're going to keep our life aligned with our purpose, getting some uphill habits. So thank you guys for tuning in today. As I'm closing, I just want to give you an opportunity that maybe you just scrolled past this today because, hey man, it was a snow day, but something caught your attention, something drew you in. Maybe you're part of Simple Church. Maybe this is your first time ever listening to me. You might be feeling right now that your life is a couple degrees off. And maybe it's a lot of degrees off. You're at this place, you're thinking, man, how did I get here? This is not what I thought my life would be. This is not where I expected to land. You have an opportunity right now that you can make a decision to turn your heart to God, that you can draw a line in the sand, that you can realign yourself in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Right now, you can put him back in the center of your life. And when you do, come on, when you do, you can get back on the path that God has paid for you. You can end your story the way that God ordained it for you. So if that's you right now, just right where you're at, I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. I just want you to say it out loud wherever you are. Say it like you mean it and invite God in your life. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me first. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for me, the payment of my sins. Jesus, come into my life. Make me brand new. Jesus, be the Lord of my life and guide me and lead me every single day. In Jesus' name. And everyone online, go ahead and say amen. Guys, thank you so much for joining me over here to Pastor Aaron. Hey, guys, come on. Show some love online for Justin and tell him how much he, he's blessed you today. Uh, we're so thankful for you, Justin. Thanks for doing this this morning. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, listen, if you made